In Jesus' name, amen. So <clears throat> we're not going to put up the, the clip yet, but as soon as I ask you to, um, you guys remember the cereal Fruit Loops? So I woke up one morning, right? I'd been studying for this, and I woke up, I asked the Lord before I went to sleep. I said, so really, what, what, can you sum this up for me? Like, can you bring it all together? You know, you got all these pieces kind of here, there, everywhere, you're getting some. I said, can you kind of just bring it all together for me, like right here? I woke up the next morning, I heard Fruit Loops. I thought, I don't eat Fruit Loops, I don't buy Fruit Loops, I don't want to look at Fruit Loops. Like, I'm not a Fruit Loop girl. So I was like, that's interesting. But I did like them a lot when I was a kid. I really liked Fruit Loops. So I was laying there. I said, okay, Lord. He said, it's time for you to talk about how there is um, a Fruit Loop going on. I said, all right. So I looked up a little bit about Fruit Loops. And Fruit Loops are a 41.4% sugary substance. <laughs> It's like eating a candy bar every morning. So, you know, maybe you let, you let your kids eat them on the weekends on Saturday. You know, hey, it's a special treat. I'm thinking, I hope that these ladies don't let their kids eat those every single morning because it's like, here, have a candy bar, go to school. And what they do, what it does is, I mean, we all know, right? You get this really great rush. You're like, I can rule the world. Maybe we all switch from Fruit Loops to caffeine. I don't know, right? I mean, <laughs> I actually do decaf. I really do like coffee, but I do decaf. It's very rare that I do caffeine. But you know, you get this, you get these fruit loops, right? You eat this and you get this quick, fast rush, but it doesn't sustain you long term. You're looking for the next thing pretty quickly because you're actually feeling like you're crashing within like an hour and a half, two hours. Even kids, like, right? When they're eating this stuff. So my kids aren't allowed to eat this stuff. Can you say amen? <laughs> but this, um, this cereal is a lot like a lot of our thought patterns. They are going and going and going. It's like a, you know, a sugary substance. We are living off of this way of thinking. That's the incorrect way of thinking. That's actually giving us a quick oomph. And then we're not able to sustain for long term, for, you know, for our calling, for our journey, for our life. And so... Um, put up that slide for me there. So if you walk away remembering anything, I want you to remember this. Is it a fruit loop or is it a fruitful loop that you're going to have? All right? Is it a fruit loop or is it a fruitful loop? You know, there's the teacup rides that you ride at Disney. You know, they spin you while you spin it. I'm like, what are we thinking here? You know, or the lazy river. You know, there are loops too. You know, you go down this lazy river and you go down it. I mean, I must have went down one this summer like seven or eight times. I remember a few summers ago when my nieces and my daughters were asking me to go down it. It was like I kept going down this loop, you know, loop, not understanding that my back was the only place I didn't put sunscreen. So I was scorched for the first time in 21 years on that lazy loop. I decided I didn't want to be lazy anymore. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I don't like to be scorched and I don't want to be lazy, so I'm not doing that. Or how about roller coasters? Does anybody love roller coasters here? Talk to me. How many really high? I want to know really how many people love, wow. Wow, okay, so I used to love roller coasters. I mean, like, I loved, loved, loved them. And then I married Cliff. I do not like roller coasters anymore. 
Like the moment I married Cliff, it was like, oh no, this is plenty of risk for me. I don't need, I don't need a, okay, so in, did you know that in Idaho, there are, there's a, um, a guy who makes Rocky Mountain something and in Hayden, Idaho, up above Coeur d'Alene, and they've developed four of the best 10 roller coasters in the United States, okay? Two of those, are, one of them is called the Spider. It turns you, if you guys like roller coasters, I'm telling you this so you can note it, so you know where to go. It's not, they're not in Idaho, but they're somewhere in the United States. So one of them is called the Spider, and it twists and turns 20 times per minute as you're doing the, the roller coaster, right? Another one goes up 208 vertical feet at an 116 degree drop at 70 miles per hour. I'm like, no, that's not for me, okay? And the thing is, is that a lot of us, we like, we like risk. We're, we're created to exercise faith. We're supposed to be doing these things that do require something. Is this hitting? Are you guys hearing something off that? Okay. We're required, we, are, we are supposed to be doing something that's a little bit risky, but we don't want to be doing something that's just round and round and round and round. You know, if you went on that roller coaster over and over and over and over again, you would feel drained, you would feel exhausted, you would feel sick, you may be scorched, you may be, it would be like, get me off this thing. I want to be out of here, right? So I'm the friend tonight that's saying, it's time to get off some of these loops. Maybe you would say, hey, listen, I'm totally fine. I'm not the one. Well, in Luke, it says, Peter, when you've been restored, then you go restore your brothers and sisters. So if you're one who would say tonight, like I did right before God told, told me to go to Ramah, we were praising the Lord, and the past, my pastor was like, you know, if you need finances, if you need, if you need healing, if you need, you know, he's asking all these things. If you need any of these things, just lift your hands up to heaven. I remember lifting my hands up to heaven going, I don't need any of that. I'm so blessed. Hallelujah. Glory. And I was just really genuinely praising the Lord. And the Lord said, go to Ramah. I went, what's Ramah? And okay. And all of a sudden, it started a, like, I mean, I can still say I'm blessed. I'm, I'm healthy. I'm favored. I'm at, but I was like, and we were like going on a different journey than I had ever been before. Are you with me? We are created to do more. So I want, the loops are this. The repetitive patterns, actually, Pastor Mickey would probably validate this for me. They actually call these repetitive patterns where thoughts produce feelings. I'm going to say this again because I think this is really good. These loops are repetitive patterns where thoughts produce feelings that fuel rightness about the stories we tell, that then further intensify our feelings and on and on. They burn energy and they get in the way of progress. And they're one way we as humans get stuck. So I'm here tonight to say we're getting off of those Fruit Loops, can I have that image again? We're getting away from the Fruit Loops, and we're going to have Fruitful Loops, amen? So if, if there's a place that we can say, okay, what we walk away with tonight, it's I'm changing the loop. I, maybe it's in regards to your children. Maybe it's in regards to your health. Maybe you've been thinking, oh, well, that's just the way it is. But God's saying, no, 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 it's time to come up higher. It's time to go a little further. 
right? I'm not going to grab you by your hair. I'm not going to grab Miss Jennifer by her hair and pull her up and say, get up here. But what I may say is, take my hand and just take one step in the right direction. So tonight, I'm not expecting that you go from zero to the mountaintop. I'm not going to take you over to Sun Valley and say, all right, we're going to hike that mountain, even though I've hiked it a lot. I'm going to say, How, what can we do? What's realistic? How far can we go? So tonight, I'm going to encourage you, like tectonic growth. Tectonic growth is you go up, you level out. You go up, you, you, you keep growing consistently, all right? So tonight's going to have some, a step or two or three maybe for you that you're going to walk away and say, I, I, I can do that. I grew in that place tonight, and I'm going to be more fruitful than I am just eating Fruit Loops. A sugary substance, 41.4%, that gives me a quick rush and leaves me hanging. Here, Jennifer, come up here. I'm hanging, you know, you're hanging. We're not hanging tonight. All right, so go to John 10.10. One of my favorite scriptures ever because I got set free dramatically whenever I heard this scripture from my pastors who said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come that I might have life. Well, I was a newly born-again believer, and I had heard all my life religious talk about how my dad died when I was 11, my grandmother, who was my caretaker, died when I was 12, and my cousin, who was more like my brother, because my mom had moved away, was more like my brother getting murdered when he was 13, was the Lord's will, was God needed them in heaven, and I believed it. So you know what I said? I said, then I don't want anything to do with God, because God's not very nice. But whenever my pastor said in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy, I said, that's it. That's the truth. The devil came to hurt me and my family. That wasn't God's will. That wasn't his plan, and that's not the way he does things. And there's one version that says this, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. He had always desired for me to have a satisfying life, it was just that the enemy was coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, do decisions of people have something to do with that? Absolutely. But does the devil just come to steal? Absolutely. A rich, satisfying life. Because we know that every destructive, disillusioning, depressing thought is from the pit of hell. That is never Ever. Those thoughts, anything that is negative about you, anything that comes against the word and the will of God, and we know you're getting the will, you're hearing the word and the will of God in this place. I was here last night. I'm like, I mean, that song, that, that message, that, that's all, I mean, it's all, in my, it's all in my message. You're hearing the word and the will of God here, but we know when the enemy comes, he comes with thoughts to attack us, to try to invalidate the word, to try to invalidate the truth. You know, if you haven't read, which I think you guys use in the Bible school here, but Hung by the Tongue, great book, one that I would highly suggest that you, that you go after and you read. Um, you know, talking about the loops, poverty loops, health and wellness loops, I, I wrote down some of these critical loops, worrying loops. Uh, you're thinking about the cost of milk next month. It's not going to help you. It's not going to matter you thinking about that cost of milk next month. Let me tell you, that cost of milk next month is still going to cost whatever it costs. So what you could do instead of a fruit loop, you could change it to a fruitful loop and go, God, I know you're going to supply all my need. That's basic. That's super basic. Let's talk about super basic. 
I'm not trying to yank you up. I'm trying to let, let's talk about where you are right now. A, a gallon of milk, a, a, the gallon of gas, right now where we're at, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be what it is. Our God will provide every single time. He will provide every single time. So in the beginning in Genesis, and I, and I just saw this for the first time this past week actually while I was studying, and you guys are probably, I'll go, well, gosh, you just saw that for the first time? How's that possible? So I'm just letting you know. Genesis 1, 3 says the word said. You know this. Because he said, let there be. Verse 6, he says said. Verse 9, verse 11, verse 14, verse 20, verse 24. This is all in the very first chapter. Verse 26, he says, and let them be fruitful. And he said to them, let them be fruitful. But he gave us a pattern saying, said, 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 said. He kept saying it. And then he said, be fruitful. Let them be fruitful and multiply. We could say that that is just for the seed in the ground or for having children, but I don't believe that's the case. I believe he was giving us an example here of saying, 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 so that we also would say and we would be fruitful. So one of the big points in what we're going to be fruitful in is what we're going to say about our situation. Amen? He gives us an example in the, even those scriptures, how to have an overcoming life, a fulfilled life, a breakthrough life, a good fight, a faith life, a good life, a happy life, despite our circumstances. So I want to tell you a story real quick about how I could not be pulled up from there to here. I could have been stepped up. And um, uh, Trina Hankins, there's a woman that I very much admire and respect. Maybe you know her. I know you guys have had Pastor Mark in before. But Trina, his wife, she um, just shortly, for those of you who don't know, I had a daughter pass away in 2008, very unexpectedly. And I was in the middle of a grieving period, and I hadn't really gone anywhere for about maybe six or seven months, and I decided to go to a meeting. My husband had went back on the road at that point. I decided to go to a meeting and I was, on the, I was uh, maybe on the fifth row or something. And she came back, and she grabbed a hold of me, and she pulled me out, and she pulled me up to the front. And she said, come on, Christy. And I remember her daughter-in-law said later, she said, I was, I was pretty upset about that, thinking, what is she doing? Kind of like, are you trying to just pull her up you know, by her hair to the top of the stage kind of a thing? But she brought me up, and I literally fell on the floor. I crumbled fell on the floor, crying, weeping, couldn't, I mean, just a mess. And she, and she just let, let me be there. She just let me be there. And I just cried and cried and cried. And do you know, after I cried, I don't know how long it was. It seemed like it was like an hour, but I really don't know how long it was. But after I cried and cried and cried, she, um, she just let me be, and I just started laughing. The joy of the Lord just started bubbling up with me for the first time in months, in months, but simply because, you know, I could have resisted her right there in the, in, the, in the chair. I could have resisted and just said, no, 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 don't touch me. Don't bother me. I, you know, and of course, I understand there's something with relationship. You know, relationship does give that place that you're like, you know, I trust you. I trusted her. Um, and so I, I was very much yielded, but I trusted God in her. 
It was God that was saying it's time to come up, right? So here I am tonight, and I want to say, although I know some of you don't know me, if you'll just trust God on the inside of me, I'm encouraging you that wherever you're at, whatever you've faced, whatever you've seemingly suffered through, that it's time to come up. I want, you, I, want, I want you to leave tonight coming up, or I want you to leave tonight and say, now I know how to help someone else better to come up. Whoever you are, there's two, I don't know if you've been a believer for 20 years, or if you've been a believer for two weeks, we're, we're going to level up tonight. My girl said all the time, we're going to level up tonight. Amen? Amen? All right, so he wants us to have a fruitful life. I really like that. I just... Can, does, it only, does it have to go on both of them? Is there any way it can just go on one? Oh, okay, well, all right, then I understand. I just really like it. Um, my daughter, Tori, made it. It's great. Um, so in having a fruitful life, there's going to be four points that I'm going to talk to you tonight about. So tonight is a little bit teachy. I'm sure we'll have some fun at the end, but it is a little bit teachy. And um, is that all right with you guys? Are you good with that? All right, so the first one is we're going to tune out the wrong voices. Four points. We're going to tune out the wrong voices. Proverbs 4.23 says, Be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. I actually really like that. Um, Yeah, the New Century version. Be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. You know, you've heard it said, your thoughts, what you think, become your words, what you speak, become your actions what you're doing, become your character, what you do when nobody's looking, becomes your lifestyle, was something that I was constantly talking to my children about so they would understand this one decision you're making is not just this simple decision. This is a stackable decision. This is, this is on the way to where you're going. Where do you want to go? Where, what is your goal? Because what you're, what you're thinking is what you're speaking, is what you're acting like, is what you're is what you're, you know, this is, this is becoming your lifestyle. This is your character now. This is going to become your lifestyle. So we want to make sure that we are thinking the right things. And so I want to go to Hannah. I want to talk about Hannah. I love Hannah. I've loved Hannah this last year. She's been really helpful for me. So 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 Am I going to read it on mine? Okay. I don't know if I can. Will you bring up my glasses for me, please? Thank you. Thank you, baby. First Samuel chapter 6, verse 7. First chapter, sorry, first chapter one, verse six, verse seven. Um, and her rival also provoked her. Okay, so I'm going to read just before that. Let's see. Um, so verse two, and he said, and he had two wives. So here's here's um, uh, Elkanah, Elkanah, however you say it. I've heard it different ways. Um, he has two wives, and he had two wives. The name of one. I'm going back to verse two. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Panina. Panina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from the city yearly to worship and sacrifice the Lord, the host in Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. 
And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Tuning out voices, you're going to have to tune out the voice of criticism. Panina was nasty, okay? Because at this point, um, Hannah was not able to have children, but she wanted children. And Panina provoked her, was nasty to her, was constantly getting on to her, was constantly telling her all about her kids. You know, Panina ended up having 10 sons, and Hannah is wanting a child, Hannah is longing for a child, and she is constantly going, I mean, you can only imagine, like, look at me, I got another baby. What do you have? I mean, you know, I I felt like that before. I felt like the enemy was trying to do that. Voice of criticism. You might have somebody who speaks critically around you, says critical things to you. You have to tune out the voices of criticism and replace them with the word of God. So we're tuning out voices. So the first one is criticism. The second one is one of compromise. That's in verse... Eight. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Wow. I mean, he's like, it's okay, baby. You got me. She's like, no, it's not okay. I want ten sons. I want, I want sons. He's like, no, 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 you got me. To me, that's a compromise. She could have sat right there and went, you're right, I should just be grateful. I mean, you know, okay, that's, that's fine. Next one is one of condemnation. Verse 12, when I read Eli saying, from verse 12 to verse 16, and it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So he said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. And I'll go ahead and go go on. Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and you'll have what you want. So now here was a woman who she had never, she is the only in the old, as far as I, under my studies, as far as I understand in the Old Testament, she was the only one out of the four women who were having challenges having children that never doubted, never wondered. She stayed faithful to the Lord the entire time through all of the criticism, through the offers to compromise, and through, and, and through, I mean, she just, she didn't give up. She said, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to turn around. I'm going to tune out that voice. She said, I'll, I'll not allow condemnation to bother me. How many times do you have a voice? You know, you are walking with the Lord. You know you're doing what's right. And here you come up and it's like, gosh, you just were trying to say that I was doing wrong. And I'm literally pouring out my heart here to the Lord. Now he said, hey, I misunderstood. Okay, let it be granted to you what you need. But she did not allow any of those three things to stop her from going forward in him. Amen? Are you with me on that? Hannah did not give up. Do you know what ended up happening to Hannah? Hannah ended up having Samuel. 
Everybody knows that she had Samuel. Do you know that she had seven more kids after that? She had seven more after Samuel. Seven, right? Six? Seven. She had a total of seven or six? Anybody else? I think it was total of, it was more, seven more. She had seven more. And do you know what happened with Panina after she had the seven? Panina was forlorn. It means that she was grumpy and upset and difficult and irritated. Panina didn't have anybody to pick on anymore. I'm telling you, the devil's been picking, but I'll tell you, if you'll stand up and say, I'm not going to be criticized, I'm not going to compromise, I'm not going to let you condemn me, I tell you, you, this is your place. You shut up, you back off, you have no place, I take my authority, and you can't move in my space anymore. Then you know what's going to happen? The devil's going to go, oh, all right? You ever heard that where they said, you know what, you'll hear those, um, the coyotes, you know, the rabbits will start, meep, 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 meep. Mark Hankins talks about that. The, the rabbits will start, meep, 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 meep. and the coyotes go, oh, here it is. Let's go. In for the kill. Because you just hear those rabbits whimpering, right? Whimpering and just totally beside themselves. Listen, if you're in that place where it's hard, grab yourself some friends. You need them. You need them right then. Listen, last year, I went through a battle. I needed some friends. I had friends texting me, calling me, encouraging me. Thank you, Rachel. Rachel was calling me. I don't know if Corolla's here. Is Corolla here? I had friends. Amy praying for me. I, I'm so thankful for that. You, you have to have those friends because when you start to go, you got to go, no, i got to shut this thing up. Christy, McCaleb. If it wasn't for those friends who went, hey, we're here, we're in here with you, everybody kind of did that thing where they say, you know, you put your, you put your butts together, right? <laughs> and those coyotes come, and you're, all, you're up together, and they come in for the kill, and you're like, nope, they're not touching me. They're not getting anything out of me. They're not getting anything from me. You aren't winning here, devil. Amen? All right, so she stood firm in the fight for her son. She boldly declared, and she went forward, and she didn't give up, and she didn't say it's okay. She didn't give, she didn't give in an inch. Hannah didn't give in an inch. She didn't give in an inch. She did not say it's okay. You know, she was bringing forth a nation changer. She was bringing forth a nation changer into the world. He was the last one who anointed, sorry, he was the last one who anointed Saul, or excuse me, yeah, Saul and David. It's big time. What you're bringing forth is big time. The fight that you're fighting, it matters, not just for you, but for everybody in your sphere of influence. You have to tune out those voices. You have to shut them up. Amen? You have to take the authority. You have to get friends who will join in with you and say, no, we're not having this. There's a place to go and there's a place to be. There's a place, there's something to be done. There's something to be said. We have to stand firm in that fight. When I had to stand firm last year in a fight and I had to have friends around me that helped me in it, I realized I wasn't just fighting for my family. I realized I was fighting for the call of God on my life and all the children that I have been determined for years to help rescue. I realized that what I, where I'd faced loss many years before, that when I was in a fight last year, I realized I'm, I'm wiser. 
I know more in him, in him, you understand? I know more in him. I know what to do with this information now. I can't just sit by and allow it. I can't just let the enemy criticize me or condemn me or tell me to compromise and just let it go. It's no big deal. I realized I was in a fight. I was in a fight for my life. I was in a fight for our lives to go forward. And you know what? Every day we might feel like, oh, we're just going to work. We're just going to school. We're just hanging out. It's no big deal. No, no, no. That is even a fight. You can't be lulled to sleep like that. You can't, you can't go along thinking, oh, it's no big deal, right? You, if it's not you, then maybe it's the people around you that you know, that you're like, I'm trying to get after them to un- help them to understand. Well, I want to help stir up that within you so that you'll go back out to them and say again, you're created for more. You were made for more. You are made to do so much more than what you're currently in the, in the, in the midst of, Right? Okay, so we tune out voices. Number two, how do we live a fruitful life? This is what we're talking about. How do we go from fruit loops to a fruitful loop? Number one, we tune out voices of criticism, condemnation, compromise. Amen? Number two, we refuse to doubt. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God And we can break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and we insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Amen? It must bow. So how do we live a fruitful life and not a fruit loop life? Number two, we refuse to doubt. We don't entertain the negative voices of the inner me. You know, we talk about the enemy, but sometimes it's the inner me, what's inside of me, our thought, our five senses. Because we know from hung by the tongue, your thoughts come from God, the devil, or your five senses. So sometimes you're just honestly getting hung up on your five senses, what you've seen, what you've felt, what you've heard, how it hurt, how you don't want to repeat that hurt, how you don't want to deal with that pain again. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we know this. It's a great scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he will bring it to pass. He is faithful to his word. So Hannah, now we're going to Sarah. I'm actually not really talking about just women with, um, that are wanting children. Although if that's you, then I believe God's in the touching lives business and making miracles, and he'll make that happen. But I'm talking about there is a purpose, a passion, a reason to live inside of each one of us. There is something to bring forth, no matter what your age is. Amen? No matter what your age is, if you're 12 or if you're 92, you have something that you've been created that you have to decide how you're going to move forward and fulfill the call of God on your life. So Sarah, Sarah wanted a child. What do you want? Hannah wanted a child. Sarah wanted a child. What do you want? Maybe you should write that down right now. What is it you want? Let's just take a minute. What do you want? What are you expecting? What do you want? Genesis 16, we know that Sarah had a promise, but she also had some memories, some criticism, some compromises, some probably some self-condemnation, and she had to tune out those voices. 
In chapter 16, verse 4, her mistress, even in her eyes, after what she decided to do, was despised in her own eyes. Sarah even doubted that the promises were possible at that point. But somewhere between Sarah laughing and doubting, and boy, aren't we hard on her? Poor girl, I feel sorry for her sometimes. I'm like, man, we're so hard on her. Between her doubting and her receiving, something happened. Something happened. She changed from a fruit loop, because she had a fruit loop. Sarah did. Sarah wasn't considered like Hannah. Hannah said, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm not going to give up. I believe. Maybe that's you. Maybe you, you, you don't identify at all with Sarah. Unfortunately, I can identify. I've, I've understood Sarah's path. I'm like, man, people are so hard on her. But somewhere between Sarah laughing and Sarah receiving, something happened. And I want to point this out. I read in a study guide from the book of Genesis about Sarah. And I'm going to kind of do it in a funny way as I read it. Imagine Sarah's reaction when Abraham related the experience of chapter 17 and 18. Can you hear her say, Abraham, don't expect me to believe that. I'll have to hear that for myself. I have heard about your visions and God talking to you for the past 25 years. And all I see is that now I live in a tent. Whereas once, I lived in a fine residence. Now I have nothing but uncouth Canaanites around me. Whereas once, I enjoyed the finest society of Ur, the center of civilization. It had everything to offer. Abraham, you said God promised you this land. Show me title to one square inch of it. (laughs) Abraham, you said God promised you a nation. All I see is Hagar's solitary son, and he's obstinate rambunctious and difficult. I can't imagine blessing coming to the whole world through him. Abraham, leave me alone. Let me enjoy what few pleasures I are left in my old age. And now to cap it all, you want me to make a laughingstock out of me by changing my name? I mean, I've, I've, I've sounded like Sarah before. I'll just say it. I'll just tell it for myself. I've sounded like Sarah before. I'm making a major move right now back to California. I receive your prayers. Thank you. (laughs) And it's going to be the best, most fruitful time of my life because I am no longer on a fruit loop. I am on a fruitful loop. And I believe that everything that God has promised me, that is my promised land, and we're going to base out of there, and we are going to see people trained and changed, and the glory of God will be seen in Jesus' name. So Sarah had a fruit loop. She was rehearsing the wrong thing. In 18 verse 11, Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So she laughed to herself and she thought, after I'm worn out and old and worn out and my master's old, will I now have this pleasure? But somewhere in between, she changed it. So what did she do? I know Pastor Shaw, she knows what she did. What'd she do? Hebrews 11, 11 said, she judged and she counted him faithful. What's the key? She judged and she counted him faithful. She judged and she counted him faithful. My husband will sit in the car with you and I'm telling you, you ride with him for 10 hours. He will tell you 10 hours of stories of God's faithfulness. We can be in the midst of like, how in the world? 
is this going to work? And he can be telling me stories of 10 years of God doing stuff, 20 years, 25 years. He'll go back 30 years. I'm like, wow. You know what he's good at? He's good at remembering, judging, and God, God faithful, counting, and judging, God faithful. What did Sarah do? She went from, it's not possible, ha, 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 right, I'm too old to having a baby. What happened that she got the promise that it looked like was impossible to get? It says she judged and she counted him faithful. Conceive means, because actually, oh, sorry. Let me go to Hebrew. Let me go there real quick. I wasn't planning on wearing these glasses, so now it's messing with this microphone. I'm sorry, guys. Hebrews 11, 11. By faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive, conceive, to form or develop an idea in the mind, to apprehend mentally, to understand how do we live this abundant, fruitful life. Point two, she refused to doubt. She began to judge and count God faithful. Number one, tune out the voices. Number two, refused to doubt. She judged, she counted him faithful. Number three, like Sarah, we're going to count God's faithfulness. One, tune out the voices. Two, refuse to doubt. Three, count God's faithfulness. Sarah went over all the things that God had done. Maybe you've not thought of this, but how about this? When they had to leave Egypt and there was a famine in the land and God led them to a good place. You know what she could have done? There's a famine in the land. We had to leave our place. Had to leave Ur. Such the greatest place. My gosh, I mean, I really liked it there. No, no, no. God led us when there was a famine in the land. He got us out of there. God has been so good to us. I'm so glad we're not there now. Another one. Abraham told Pharaoh that Sarah was his sister. Remember that? But Pharaoh was sent plagues and released her. What were you thinking telling him that I was your sister? You know he shouldn't be saying that. She could have dwelled on that forever. What were you, what, are you out of your mind? But what, it, what happened? No, no, no. Pharaoh my gosh, thank you, God, for sending all the things that you did to get us free and get us out of there. I'm so grateful for what you did. What's another one? They again said they were siblings to Abimelech. Again, Abraham, I mean, you did it to me once, but seriously, you just did the same thing again. Didn't I tell you before to stop that? What are you doing? No, no, no. Gosh, God was merciful. God was so merciful. He was so good to us. Look how he got us out of that situation again. He has been so favorable. He has been so kind. Another one. Maybe she even considered Lot's wife looking back, going to a pillar of salt. You ever think about that one? Maybe she went, my gosh, Lot's wife turned to a pillar of salt. In her looking back, her unbelief, I'm so thankful that didn't happen to me. I'm so thankful that I'm still alive. I'm still here. She judged. She counted him faithful. She counted God's faithfulness time and time and time again. So that's the question. What do you want? What do you want? Hannah wanted a child. Sarah wanted a child. What do you want? How do you get from the fruit loop, the little thing that you just think every morning when you wake up, I don't want to get out of it. I don't really want to. What do you do just to replace that? You just take one step, one step in the right direction. Crystal, hi, Crystal. So what has he done for you? Saved your soul. Let's just go down the list. Saved your soul, made you whole, changed your name, changed the game. Hallelujah. 
made all things new, new roads too. In the desert and the wastelands, he's restored what was stolen, provided space, provided a place, renewed your mind just in time. Amen? Go over the things he's doing now. What do you want to do? Do you want to live happy again? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Do you want to live again after the loss of a loved one? This is the one I said every day. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm making a choice. I'm going to rejoice and be glad. First steps, I was in the shower, cried for hours. This is the day the Lord has made. I choose to rejoice and be glad. I'm crying. This is the day the Lord has made. You know what happens? After you just keep saying that fruitful loop, you end up getting fruit. You don't have to settle for this sugary substance that is 41.4% and gives you a quick rush and doesn't sustain you on your way. Amen? Isn't that good? You don't have to do that. You want to be excited to get up in the morning again? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You want to long to do the will of God for your life? Be healed. I will restore your health and heal you of your wounds. Jeremiah 30, 17. Do you want to prosper in the middle of a recession? The Lord will supply all of my needs. So understanding the Lord's plan for our life, even after something unexpected happened, how about he perfects all that concerns me? Psalm 138.8. He perfects everything that concerns me. You know, I go around my house just saying, he perfects everything that concerns me. Our future, our, ch- our children, our, the schooling, the finances, the ministry, the, our health. He perfects all that concerns me. I don't care what the devil tried to bring to my doorstep, tried to defeat me with, tried to take me out, tried to get me to compromise with, tried to criticize me and condemn me with, I'm moving forward. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Aren't you glad that there's more than just one scripture about rejoicing? I think somebody said that there's like a a lot. Anybody know how many there were? There's a lot evidently about rejoicing. So what's he going to do? So we've counted him, what he's done, what he's doing, but what he's going to do. That's all about making the choice to rejoice is what he's going to do. So we're, that's where we tell our mind what we're going to think on. So rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. I'm, tell, I'm, I'm repeating myself because somebody needs to hear this exact one. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And again I say rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious for anything, but by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your mind in Christ Jesus. So finally, sisters, and brothers in here, so finally, sisters, right? Whatever is right and true and good and noble and pure, and I think I'm getting mixed up, but you know the order I'm talking about, of good report, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think, 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 think on these things. Think on these things when you wake up in the morning. Think on these things when you go to bed at night. Think on these things whenever you're washing your dishes. Think on these things whenever you're driving your kids to school. Think on these things. Your mind is getting the opportunity to think and to have a fruit loop or a fruitful loop all day long. All day long. All day long. So we're either going to get bitter or we're going to get better. I always say that. I know a lot of people do. We're going to get bitter or we're going to get better. But one way where we're going to get better is Joshua 1.8. And we all love that scripture. Joshua 1.8. If you will meditate day and night, you will make your way prosperous and have good success. Success is possible. Freedom is possible. 
We're going to count God faithful. So, one, tune out the voices. Two, refuse the doubt. Three, count God faithful. And four is expect and anticipate. So after you've done everything, you expect and you anticipate. I was sitting at the house in South Carolina, and last year on the, on the tree, there was these amazing figs. Does anybody like figs here? Because I am a major fig fan. Okay, so when I spent some time in Greece, I got, I mean, I, I was changed forever. And figs, if you're not aware of it, um, they, they um, yeah, like a little tiny thing, they're $9 right now for a little tiny thing. About a dollar a piece, I think. And they're good. And um, so I had a fig tree in my front yard. I mean, I was like, Lord, talk to me. Because, I mean, I got a fig tree in my front yard. <laughs> and um, so we had, we were abounding in fruit. I mean, I was sharing it with everybody. And it was so good. And um, this year, it was time to move back. And I was like, oh, I really like that tree, Lord. I mean, that fruit is really good on that tree. And somebody said to me, you know, we're not sure that tree's going to make it this year. That tree's been there a long time, and we really haven't taken as good of care of it as we probably could have. And it just might not bring forth fruit this year. And I didn't like that answer at all. And I knew what time we were going to leave. And the time last year when we left, it was full. And I was not seeing this tree come into, it was not being fruitful. And I thought, I really want to have this fruit on this tree, like really. And so I went out and I stood and I looked at it. I just was standing there looking at it. And I really like gardening. I know this probably sounds funny as much as I leave and move and everything, but I used to help a lot at the Hunger Coalition in Ida, in uh, Sun Valley when we would be over there. And I would either help in the planting season or I would help in the digging the weed season, or I'd help in the getting the grasshoppers off of the thing season, and I'd help in the fruitful season. I mean, I helped whichever season it was, because I recognized that it takes all those seasons to get the job done, and so I just happily got involved. So I was standing there looking at that fruit tree and thinking, I really want this fruit, Lord. I'm not really happy about hearing this report, and this is a lot like life. I don't like the report, you know, and uh, I just, I really need some, I need to know what to do. And he said, yeah, you, you know what to do. I said, what do I do? He said, you expect and you anticipate. I said, oh, like, is there anything else I can do? <laughs> like, can I do something else? He said, no, no, you just have to expect and anticipate at this point. He said, you've tuned out the voices. You've refused to doubt. Are you with me? You've counted me faithful. You just go ahead and expect and anticipate. I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to expect and anticipate. So this is a scripture in John chapter 11, verse 25. And Jesus said, Martha, you don't have to wait until then. Talk about the resurrection. John 11, verse 39, you go down from 25 down to 39. And Martha says the facts about Lazarus' decomposing body. And verse 40, Jesus looked at her and he said, didn't I tell you that if you believe me, you will see God unveil his power? So with that, we know our victory is already won. He said to Martha, do you not believe 
expecting and anticipating. We're expecting and anticipating now. We're believing. Victory is ours. It's already done. In the middle of whatever battle you may be in, don't let go. Tune out the voices of criticism, condemnation, and compromise. Refuse to doubt and count God faithful because as, as you continue anticipating and expecting, you will, like Martha, see the goodness of God. Amen? In Proverbs 31, we know it says, she laughs without fear of the future. Our, create, our confessions, Brother Hagen said, our confessions create our realities. So I was worshiping last night with you guys, and you know I've had some powerful times here with Life Church. I didn't know if, maybe I'll tell more about this tomorrow, but um, one of the services I was here, um, I used to say to my family, okay, let me back up. I used to say to my family all the time, I have more faith than all y'all. Now, I'm originally from West Virginia, so I can say that even though it's, it's, somebody said it's trendy to say it now, but I'm from West Virginia originally. So I could, every now and then, you know, I'll pick my southern, my husband says it's only when I'm upset. But I said, I have more faith than all y'all. And Cliff was like, what? I said, well, you know, you guys have seen Jesus. All three of you have seen Jesus. I've never seen Jesus. And, you know, I see and I, I haven't seen and I believe. And, you know, you guys have seen. So um, last year, or um, no, year and a half ago, uh, no, excuse me, August of, two, let's see, we're in 2022, 2021, 2020, August of 2020, I was here up front. We were praising worship in the Lord, and um, it was actually the second time at the, at the kids camp, the tween, youth, tween camp that we spoke at, um, most powerful kids camp I've ever been to in my life. Spirit of God was so strong there. If your kids are, are um, that age, here's a great plug. Make sure they get there. It was, it's powerful. So in that kids camp, I went to heaven. I'm not gonna tell you about that now, but I went to heaven. I don't even know my time frame. Amy, I'm sorry. Soon? So, <laughs> when, sorry to put you on the spot. Um, so I went to heaven at that kids camp. It's the first time I ever, I mean, I, I was, oh, and like I said, maybe I'll tell more of that, but I won't tell, but I'll tell you about the second time. So the second time was about a week later, two weeks later, and I was right here in the front, and I went to heaven. They were praising and worshiping. All of a sudden, I'm in heaven again. I went, oh my goodness. Hi, Jesus. And he took me by the arm, and um, we were praising and worshiping the Lord. I mean, the song was directly to him. It wasn't about anything else. It was to him directly. And as we were praising and worshiping to him directly, I was this close to the Lord where I, honestly, I couldn't even make out his face. I mean, we were this close. And we were advancing. We were like above the ground, but we were advancing very fast. We were going very fast. And I had a hold of him and just, wow. And, um, and then the ch- song changed and we began singing, um, May His Favor Be Upon You, beautiful song. And we actually stopped. And we just stood there together. And we, we stopped. And I thought, that's really very interesting, Lord, how you would show me that. Because we were advancing as we were praising him. 
as we were looking directly to him and acknowledging him directly. Now, I'm not saying that there's not times where we're not singing those. Those other songs are powerful and encouraging in fellowship as well. And he was very much ever present right there, but we had just taken a rest right there in that moment. But it was so powerful to be in his presence. And why was I telling you that? Oh, I know why. Because last night I was in here, and I was back in the back for, for a short part of the service, for most of the service, but I left a little bit early. And I saw all of these roots. Oh, man, deep, strong roots, a root system of a tree. And I saw it was you guys. It was all of the people, you know, coming to the fellowship. And so I went, well, Lord, do I have the right message for the right people? I mean, if there, there's all these strong, deep roots that are here, because strong roots equals great fruit. You know, you get phenomenal fruit when you've got strong roots because you stay with it. So what it is is that you're a group of ladies that are going to be producing stuff in this area of the country at an enormous... Put the apples up back up there for me one more time, please. You're going to be bringing forth fruitfulness... It's okay. Yeah. There's going to be an abounding measure of fruitfulness that comes out of this place, which means a lot more salvations, a lot more people set free of addictions, a lot more dreams fulfilled, a lot more good lives fulfilled. How do you live a fruitful life, an abundant life? Strong roots. Strong, deep roots equal good fruit. And you guys have it here. You have it here. So like I said about Peter, if it's you that would say, "Eh, okay, I mean, that's a good message, but yeah, I'm not really having that issue, then you're the leader that's to go to restore your brother, your sister. Amen? Amen? Because you have a house to build. You have a dream to fulfill. You have a promised child to have. You have children to raise, both naturally and supernaturally, spiritually. You have a ministry to start. You have a business to develop. You have souls to save. And you have a voice that needs to be heard. You're put here on purpose with a purpose. Amen? Amen? So, what do we do going forward? We have to take every thought captive. Every thought captive. Because even though you're called and you are appointed and you're anointed, the enemy comes. But God said, I've come to give you an abundant life, an abundant life. So we want to stress the abundant life. Yes, we understand who the thief is. We understand what he endeavors to do. But Jesus has come and he's our Lord and he's our king and he's the one that's in in, in charge of us. He's the one, well, we're in charge of us, but he's the one who we yield authority to. We say yes, we submit, and we cooperate. Amen? And so we're choosing to meditate, mutter, utter, to take thoughts captive, to choose friendships that will help in the very, the healthiest way to help us understand patterns that may not be helpful. In the healthiest way. You hear me? So those of you that might be the profile of a person who likes to get after things, 
it's good to recognize who you are and then to go, how can I be very helpful in presenting this? And if you're the person who has the pattern of being sit back and being quiet, it's also good for you to realize it's time to move forward and to speak up and to say something and to not give up and give in. We're going to replace the old with the new, the old thoughts, the fruit loop thoughts with the fruitful thoughts because Isaiah 43, 18, 19 says, forget the former things, don't dwell in the past, see I'm doing a new thing, now it springs up, do you not perceive it, I am making a way in the wilderness. So we're not going to live with fake fillers and fluff and all the stuff that doesn't encourage and help and bless others, our families, uh, ourselves, we are going to take tonight, like I said, a tectonic growth step or steps, whichever you decide to do, it's up to you. Amen? Amen?